following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel, the seal, the deal, the villain, stays shown, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy Mr. Rated R, and I'm joined by my tag team partner. He's the analysis of the L-O-C. He's the man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. When it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Yo, yo, yo. What is going on, Mario? Shit, man. We were just talking off air about a whole bunch of things. <laughs> so it's not like this is just starting a conversation. But... I know. It, it's always so funny when we record it this way because it's like, well, we've been talking for a good uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes now. <laughs> now I'm just saying hi to you. Fake, fakingly saying it, It's hi radio, bro. It's broadcasting okay, radio it's... talk. <laughs> And then yeah, if you really exactly. want to, like, step it up, like, even more, we could, like, really put, like, our radio voices on. Like, hey, Ryan, how's it going? Yeah, right, like, Mario, what is going on? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Lucha Outsider Show. Insert clap drop. <laughs> I don't think people would want to listen to that for, you know, um, yeah. however long we go, like, with our voices like that. So. Too far, too far. But, Ryan, how are you, bro? I am doing all right. It's a shitty day here on Long Island. Uh, been dealing with this cold all weekend you know, hey. time of year, people get sick and shit and it's just uh, miserable miserable but uh, other than that can't really complain too much how are you doing i'm doing all right i'm doing all right it's uh not funny but the fact that you're mentioning like hey you're dealing with like, a cold i actually have to go to the doctor on tuesday because as you get older you got to stay in track with what the hell's going on with your body and stuff so i gotta get like a physical done and blood work done hopefully i'm not dying so, yeah, that's what I'm doing Tuesday. You know, that's life of being an adult. Yeah, it's not fun. You know, people say, you know, when you're younger, like, oh, don't get older. And it's just like, at that time, you don't think, like, oh, like, you're like, oh, no, like, I want to get older. I want to, like, you know, do things and, and whatever. But, like, God, it's so true, man. Don't get older. It ain't fun. I was just telling a friend of mine, probably like an hour or so ago, I was telling her how, you know, since my father passed away, well, actually, even before my father passed away, like, right when my dad first had cancer in 2019, and he beat it, but, like, during that time, during that process, I was just like, man, I'm getting older, and I'm not taking care of myself. I need to get my health on track, and that was kind of like a wake-up call for me to, like, hey, start going to the doctor more, you know, because I think men in general... We have that mindset, and I don't know if you're like this, Ryan, but like, you know, when you're young and dumb and you feel great, you're like, man, I don't I don't need to go to the doctor. I feel perfectly fine. I don't, you know, I yes, I have insurance, but who gives a shit? I don't, you know, if my body's going to tell me when I'm not feeling great, like I'm going to get a pain or something, then that's when I'll go to the doctor. But I feel great. I don't need to go to the doctor. And I had that mindset for God knows how long. 
But yeah, I started going to the doctor like heavy. Like, you know, just getting everything checked what's going on. And there were some, not crazy things, but there were some things going on. But obviously I got that shit situated. But yeah, it just takes like a, a wake up call or like eventually you're like, man, I'm getting old, man. I got to take care of myself. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? That's that's not a bad thing, bro. Like, dude, you know, being a hypochondriac or whatever, I think that's the right word for it. Like, dude, do that all you can because, you know, you want to be safe than sorry. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot of people don't take care of themselves and then <laughs> look what happens. They either, you know, they drop dead or they... You know they're 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 too far away yeah. from you know coming back from it. So hey, you know there's nothing wrong with that. Health is the most important thing. So yeah, just to bring this back to wrestling, you're gonna laugh at this. <laughs> right, like, like, are we doing a a health show here? Or, no, or, but uh, just <laughs> are we doing a wrestling? Show? Oh, we're, listen, we're gonna start off the show like with some bad news, but just to bring it into wrestling. It's funny how, like, a lot of these people that go to these wrestling shows, they won't spend the money on, you know, going to, like, the doctor. Even though they have insurance, they just got to have to pay, like, a, a copay or something. But they'll spend their money on, like, a replica title and no deodorant. Yeah, or autograph or a meet Okay. Yeah. Screw a bar of soap. Let me just get the FTR's autograph on this 8x10 so I can put it in my room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I right, do. Let's get started. But before we do, it's hashtag. Holy shit, that shit blew up in my face. It's Red Bull time. All right, you mentioned FTR. I was actually at a last minute. It was a last minute decision. Yesterday, a friend of mine hits me up and goes like, "Hey, do you want to go to the sh- uh, wrestling show tonight?" And I'm like, "Where? A rooftop in Brooklyn?" I'm like, "What?" Imagine this. I'm going to paint the picture, and you can see the picture right now at Lucha Outsiders on Instagram. You see the picture of FTR on one side, Bret Hart managing them. He's, like, in the by ringside. On the other side, you see Jay Lethal and Homicide in a rooftop in Brooklyn. If somebody was to paint that picture to you, would you believe him? No, I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so it was big-time wrestling. FTR was there, Bret Hart was there, Jay Lethal was there, Homicide was there, Brian Pillman was there, Harris Smith was supposed to be there, he didn't show up, and yeah, that was about it when it came to the show. I want to say just a quarter of that show was really good, everything else, and no disrespect to the talent that was there, and the SATs, you know, New York Tri-State legends in the tag team scene, going back to the early days of Ring of Honor, they were there, they actually faced Brian Pillman, and what was supposed to be Harry Smith. And they ended up calling an audible, and I can't think of the dude's name right now, but he kind of runs with the whole, like, Heart Foundation gimmick, especially with the tights. He might be Canadian, I don't know. They called an audible. That match was really good, but some of the other things on this show was just, like, not for me. And then you just had a a good plethora of individuals that were in attendance that were just a little bit too much, but... If there's like a, a silver lining when it comes to the show, is that the crowd was very engaging. So I guess when it comes to that sense, the show was good. You know, I, I, you often wonder like what some of the wrestlers on these shows too like think about this stuff too. Like you know, like like the the venue wise, like you know, it's just a random rooftop in Brooklyn, which you know sounds pretty cool and looks pretty cool, but like it kind of like you know, it sounds a little sketch too at the same. Oh time. yeah. Oh yeah. When you see the crowd and stuff too, like. I wonder if, like, these wrestlers on these shows, you know, like, actually take this in and be like, Jesus, especially a guy like, you know, guys like FTR who are, like, used to working, like, AEWs or Ring of Honors where it's, like, you know, like, those are prof- professional, you know, major league promotions, you know, in front of, like, you know, huge crowds and you see, like, hole-in-the-wall joints like this with, like, these geeks that, like, you know, like, again, don't, you know, use deodorant and all that stuff and just the questionable crowd altogether. Like, you're just like, geez, like, well, I don't think they get paid enough to do that. You know? They gotta be getting paid. 
they got to be getting paid pretty decent for them to even take this book. And listen, they got Bret Hart, so I mean, it, they got to be getting I mean, paid yeah, something. That's true. That's true. They got to be getting yeah, paid I mean, something. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But overall, the the one or two match, there was about two, maybe three matches that I did watch. I, I did enjoy that portion of the show. Everything else was just like, you know, if it would if it would have been just a three match card, right, plus the signing, I think that would have been a great night. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, hey, listen, quality over quantity. That's 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 the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. That yeah, yeah. So there was that. So um, for the most part, it, it was a it was a cool, unique experience. Um, Especially visually. On some unfortunate news, I'm sure you saw this. Rest in peace to Tristan Nash. If you guys don't know who that is, that's the son of Hall of Famer legend Kevin Nash. This caught me by surprise. And the reason why it caught me by surprise, and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? It's because I actually listened to Kevin Nash's podcast. I mentioned this in past episodes before. My job, I went from being a driver to now working inside and i'm always listening to stuff not just wrestling podcasts but i'm always listening to something on the go i feel like if i wasn't able to do that then i don't know how i would manage at work but i do listen to the kevin nash podcast and it's beyond wrestling talk it's more like a variety show it's himself and sean oliver if i'm not mistaken he's like the co-host of that show and then tristan nash would also play a role on on the podcast he would sometimes you could hear him like he'll jump in about something he kind of helps kevin nash when it comes to like the the production side of things and he actually was a musician so reading this news i think sean ross sap reported it at first i was like what the fuck i just heard this kid and and i call him a kid because he was only 26 years old I just heard him on the recent episode of Kevin, um, Kevin Nash's pod. Like, what the fuck happened? And, I, you know, I don't know if we will ever find out what happened. But, you know, not that we need to know. But it's just very, very sad. My thoughts are heavily with the Nash family. And I can only imagine what Kevin Nash is going through. Because his son passes away the day of Scott Hall's birthday. He just lost Scott Hall earlier this year. What the fuck, man? Poor guy. Yeah, I mean, hey, we're just talking about health, too, and everything. You know, I'm 27. You're a little bit older. And, I mean, this this kid was 26, man. And, you know, I don't know if it was, you know, I, I don't know anything about him. I don't li- really listen to the podcast or anything. I, mean, I don't know if you know, he was, was drug-related or anything like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there was any other health issue, man, like, again, this is, like, the biggest reason of, like, why, like, you know, as, as you get older, you got to stay on top of this stuff. I mean, like I said, I don't know. I'm not going to try and speculate. It's not of our business. The, the point is of course. he's no longer here yep. with us, which which is the saddest thing about it. So, yeah, it was uh, just chills, man. I chills talking about it right now because I hate to see anybody dying that young. It's just, uh, you know, that's not fair, and it shouldn't be that way. And, and no parent, I mean, should ever, ever have to go through anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, thoughts and prayers are definitely with him and his family. And, yeah, I mean, what a just uh, terribly rough year um, for him. And, you know, it's, it sucks, man. Life, life is very unfair sometimes. Yeah, dude. I um when I was growing up back to, like in the Monday Night Wars and stuff, like my mom would know a lot of these wrestlers. Also my dad too. My dad kept up with like wrestling as I got older and years, you know, with all these new different wrestlers or whatever. But back like in the nineties, early two thousands, my mom knew like a lot of these wrestlers. So she was a big fan of like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And um when Scott Hall passed away, I told my mom, boom, she started crying. I tell her this week about what happened with Kevin Nash's son. She started crying. Like, she, she just, it just, it's hard to believe, man. And she kind of said the same thing to what you just said right now, how 
parents shouldn't should never bury their their kids it should be unfortunately the other way around even though that's devastating too you know death just sucks overall but for whatever reason when it's a parent burying their child it's just it just hits differently dude yeah no totally man it's uh like i said it's just a, it's just uh like again i don't even know how to really describe it it's, it's chilling it's, it's very chilling yeah, yeah, sad something that shouldn't happen man and, and unfortunately it does and like i said it's like really anybody at any age now it's like like dude people could die young i see it all the time i hate it mm-hmm. but i see it all the time and yep. like i said this is just another example of that every single time you see it you're just like jesus christ how many how many how many more times do I got to see this, things like this? You know, it's just, it's absolutely awful. Bro, life isn't easy. Life is unfair. Getting old just fucking sucks. But it, when you read news like this, especially for someone that was so young, it's, it's devastating. It's very sad. So, you know, thoughts, my deep condolences, my deep thoughts to uh, the Nash family. And, um, yeah, life just sucks, man. I really, I really feel bad for them. But um, let's try to move, uh, move forward with the not the easiest transition so i'm not sure we could even touch much base with this but i do want to bring it up and that's nxt halloween havoc i did not watch it last night i just caught a little bit of tidbits here and there i'm always gonna call him desmond xavier and that's uh, the dude from the rascals um i saw that he won the ladder match in the north for the north american championship um good for him congrats to him i'm a big fan of desmond xavier I saw Mandy Rose. Listen, we, when we talk about like women wrestlers of the year, even though I don't watch the NXT product, but from what I do see, little clips here and there, Mandy Rose had like she's like reinvented herself in NXT, and she's she's working really, really good, and she's doing some phenomenal stuff over there. Yeah, so I'm gonna probably make you laugh. I actually did watch NXT last night in a uh, in an wow shocking turn of events. Wow, so I it was. Uh, you know, I was feeling shitty last night. Nothing to really watch. You know, so let uh, me feel shittier and watch NXT. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, hey, you know, that's one of the good parts about wrestling, too. Is like, it's always there. Like, there's always something <laughs> right. on as well, you know? So, like, I don't really feel like watching any baseball. I'm not really into any of the teams that are left. I was watching some of the Islanders hockey game a little bit until they started getting blown out. And I was like, you know what? There's this NXT gimmick on tonight. Let me throw this, this on, you know? I mean, I'm not going to watch the NXT product. I don't watch it. I'm not a fan of it. I think it sucks. But you know what? There's a ladder <laughs> match. There's some stipulation matches. I don't know. There's a there's cool some, threat. There's some gimmicks here. Come on. Yeah. So, you know, well, maybe this will be fun. Well, I, you know, there were some good things, and obviously there were some bad things on the show. Uh, you know, the, okay. the, the best part about this, though, is since I don't watch, and I have not watched in a while, and I follow very loosely on social media. I had no context behind anything that happened. Okay. Like, anything that was happening, like, I just had zero clue. And sometimes it's honestly the best thing because you tend to enjoy things right. more. Right, right. You know? So I did, I don't, some, some of these guys, too, I've never even heard of, bro. Like, and I legit, like, like I said, I follow it on social media. So you'd think, like, oh, I would at least hear some of these people's names. Bro, I don't even know, like, some of these guys that were even on the card. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they weren't all that great, but I mean, there were some people that were, were pretty impressive here and there. And again, I'm going to reiterate that I am not going to start watching NXT weekly because like I said, I'm just not, the product really, it just doesn't do much for me. Like I watched it mm-hmm. and it was, like I said, it was what it was, but I, I don't really feel anything, you know, like I didn't even like, uh, you know, like when you like watch a good show, you, you, like, you feel all pumped up after it and stuff or like, 
I don't know. Like, it just didn't really feel anything. It didn't after hit. watching the show. Yeah, it just didn't didn't really hit for me, and I didn't expect it to. But um, ladder match was really, really cool. Okay. Uh, there was a lot of cool spots in that match. Um, if, if I would recommend for anybody to go back and watch that event in any in like for any part of that event i would say definitely check out the ladder match because okay. there were some really cool spots um and then there were like a lot of clunky things too where it's like von wagner's pulling out almost hits this fucking woman on the, in the front row like the refs had to run over well, and shit. well like, you know who dude, let me tell you right now you know who's not a fan of von wagner and that's this guy right here i i, I have no interest in him <laughs> no no he's he's just your typical tall guy that's lanky and really just not really overall that athletic uh he's clumsy and i you know i, I get it. it was a total accident but dude he was just like so unaware that he just kept pulling out this ladder and like dude this ladder is like so freaking big and like the crowd is right here like don't you think like you're maybe gonna hit somebody he mm-hmm. had no clue mm-hmm. um he actually did i don't know if you saw the clip he probably did it was like going around a lot of him launching um i want to say desmond xavier um wesley into the announce table like he threw him from the ring like he get the fuck out of here like through the announce table yeah dude go watch yeah i'm telling you watch this match some crazy shit carmelo hayes i love this dude i love him too he should be up on the main roster um he showed up and showed out uh like i said wesley was great there's this other guy too nathan frazier yeah he used to be in gcw before i can't think of his name right now in gcw but i know he did like a reverse spanish fly on carmelo hayes onto a ladder yeah yeah dude he was sick um he's actually was was trained he actually was trained um partially was trained i know he he went to um the bold and the brave at seth rollins school Okay, yeah. So he did some work over there, um, you know, I guess to get a little bit more seasoned up a little bit. So I know he's done some stuff over there. That's for sure. Anything else that stood out? Um, I know I mentioned Mandy Rose. You want to mention about um, Mandy Rose's work? So, so, yeah, so they did some, like, cinematic thing where it's like uh, she was facing um, um, Alba Fire. I forget what her other name, her uh, name is. Is that, um... um so, uh, shit. Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray. Ray. I don't know why they changed yeah. their name. Yeah, Kaylee Ray. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me neither. I have no clue. Um, but I know her from as Kaylee Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really talented woman. And they did this cinematic joint where Toxic Attraction, all three of them, uh, they got lured into like this haunted house gimmick thing where like Alba Fire had like half of her face painted. She looked like a Thunder Rosa ripoff. And um, uh, but then what they did was like. Alba fights off the other two of Toxic Attraction, and then she takes Mandy into the car and then starts driving back to the to the venue. So obviously now we got like two matches in between, and then later on in the show they came back to finish the match in the ring, and the match ended just like the typical way that you'd expect it to. Somehow the other two members of Toxic Attraction come back out of nowhere, they pull the ref out, they get involved, shenanigans, you know, refs distracted, they cheat, Mandy Rose retains, whatever. Um, but I do agree with the point where you were talking about before where Mandy Rose has definitely got a lot better in the ring. I actually was hoping, and I didn't see her dropping the title here with all this gimmick stuff and all that, but, like, I feel like she needs to drop this title and get her ass back on the main roster because, yeah, she, going to NXT was, you could tell, was completely beneficial to her. 1,000%. Yeah, she's, she's improved immensely immensely yeah i really would like to see mandy rose you know bring all three of them up uh with toxic attraction yeah. too yeah, especially you got the tag team titles up there too you're gonna need some challengers you know they're yeah bring them bring them all up honestly yeah yeah 
I, I would like to see that. Uh, anything else that stood out? How about the the NXT Championship match? Uh, what, what's yeah. going on with Braun Breaker? And uh, I saw um, what's the dude's uh, the guy's name from NXT UK? Um, Dragon Off. He was in there, and then Dragon, um, Dragon Off, yeah. And, and the other guy, Jordan Devlin. Yeah, which they changed his name. I don't know why. Yeah, J.D. McDonald, McDon McDonough, whatever it is, I don't even know. J.D. Um, yeah. McDonald, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, I don't know, bro. I don't know why they need to change these people's names. Um, it's it's so stupid, but that was a banger. A really, okay. really good match, too. I would definitely recommend going back to watch that. Um, really surprised Braun Breaker ended up retaining. And like I said, I, I have no context, so like I don't know like what's been going on and, and things like that, but I would just... I, I just assumed that, like, Braun was going to drop the belt here to, like, drag it off, and then maybe Braun comes up. But I guess that, you know, they're going to wait on that. I don't really know who's going to beat him at this point. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Those three things, well, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, the, the, the cinematic thing was cool. But once they got back in the ring, it was, it was kind of uh, it was lame for the women's stuff. But right. the main event and the ladder match, I would definitely go back to watch. Everything else uh, was, was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> Apollo Crews. Oh, God, no. Crews, no. No. Yeah. Okay. So wait for this. Oh. Okay, so Apollo Cruz and Grayson Waller. They did the, um, the, you know, spin the wheel, make the deal gimmick, right? And I don't, you know, I mean, you gotta think like the, the spin the wheel thing is fixed, right? Like they're gonna have like some match where like obviously like I don't know, like they're not gonna do some like some of the things that are on this wheel. Like there's no shot they're ever gonna eat, like wrestle in this type of match, right? I think there was like some inferno match on there, or whatever. Like we all know they're not doing that shit. Very live, whatever it is, bro. They got a casket match. Aye. Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller in a casket match, bro. Like, is that the most random thing you've ever heard of in your entire life? Like, why? Like, I don't, I don't understand. It was so overbooked. At one point, Grayson Waller, um, he choke slams Apollo Crews into the, the casket. And all of a sudden, like, like the, the casket breaks. So, like, there's no door to, like, close it to win the match. And all of a sudden, the lights go out. And then they come back on. And Apollo Crews is no longer in this casket. And he's walking out of the entrance with these druids who are bringing in a different casket. Oh, I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, is this guy the Undertaker now? Like, why do they need to turn off the lights for this? Like, dude, I was so confused, bro. I had no clue what was going on. Just absolutely awful. Um, then they had an ambulance match between Julius Creed and this some other dude. I don't even remember his name. Julius Creed. I think he's the one. He's one of the guys from the Creed Brothers. Yes. Super impressive. Super. The Creed Brothers overall are really good. Yeah, he was uh, he was one that stood out for me. It was a hard hitting match, but I don't know. Didn't really care about it too much. It there, was what it was. There was no was, sizzle was on it, the steak. No sizzle. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't bad, but it also wasn't great. I mm -hmm. wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. Right. Um, then they had Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade um, in this like it was like an extreme rules match. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna really get on them too much. I know they're very young. They definitely um, there's definitely room. For improvement for both of them. Yep. I think you know they they keep you know just getting reps and uh, you know they'll keep getting better and better and better because I you know I think Roxanne's like twenty years old and Cora Jade's like probably like the same age range. I, I think she's like a year like older than Roxy. I'm always gonna call her <laughs> Roxanne Perez. That's her name used to be Roxy. So yes, uh, yeah, she's yeah. like a Cora Jade is like about a year older than Roxy. Yeah. So they're super young. So they have a bright future ahead of them if they stick with it and if WWE believes in them. Um, so I'm not going to really get on them too much, but it was a, a little bit clunky. There were a lot of botches and a lot of, like, sloppiness, and uh, it just, yeah, I don't know, it didn't really do much for me. Um, I know they had, like, this 
rivalry where they were best friends and they turned on each other or whatever it was. But I don't know. Like I'm, like I said, I'm not going to really shit on them too much. They're young, and uh, I think they have bright futures ahead of them. But I think they both need a lot more work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was it, if well, I could remember. <laughs> this is probably um, the first... I, I can't believe I just went... This I know, I know, dude. Show. It has not happened in a while, well, but I was literally that bored last night where I was just like, okay, let me give this a shot. What I will say about NXT, though, Booker T is freaking dreadful on commentary, bro. Oh, my God, is he just... Bro, he's... At one point, he said to Vic Joseph, he's like, this is going to be one of the most unpredictable matches you've ever seen. You know what unpredictable means? It's something that can't be predicted. Oh, really? Really? I didn't know that, Booker. Wow. Unpredictable means something that is, is, is tough to predict? Holy shit, you just blew my mind. Bro, he's stepping on Vic Joseph. Vic, Vic's trying to call the match. He's like, he's stepping on him every chance he gets. He's saying the most stupid shit you could ever, like, imagine him saying. His voice just sounds awful. I don't understand why they thought it was a good idea to put him on the con- commentary team. I'm hoping. Well, I mean, I don't even know why I'm hoping because I don't care. I don't really watch. But, like, when Pat McAfee comes back to SmackDown, oh. that they could put Wade Barrett back on NXT. Yeah. Because Booker T is just such a turnoff, man. Like, I'm not a fan of him to begin with, but he's just, like like I said, even if I was a fan of him, he's just not good as a commentator. First of all, that was your NXT report with Ryan Radar. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, one, one of the very few that you'll ever <laughs> All right, let's uh let's backtrack just a just a, a just a little bit. You mentioned the Apollo Cruz match. Listen, I've been on record multiple fucking times on this show. Apollo Cruz is just fucking boring to me. Yes, he's a good wrestler, yeah. but he's boring. He did grab my attention just a little bit when he did like the the accent gimmick where he was like kind of like a prince of what is it Africa? Remember that whole gimmick? He yeah, did grab yeah. my attention. I thought it was something, but then instantly it turned into nothing. So. Apollo Cruz is a bore to me. I don't know. I don't. I don't want anybody to get fired or whatever. But if he was to, if they were to be like, you know what, we're just gonna make you like a an agent or a producer or like a trainer for WWE, that he'll be more suited for that. Cause to me, he's just boring as fuck. Like anytime I see Apollo Cruz on my TV, I instantly want to change the channel. Honestly, like, hey, I'll give him his props. He's talented in the ring. But sometimes they're great talents in the ring. But like, if you don't do anything else, if you're not good on the mic, if you don't have a good character, a good gimmick. I'm not really going to get behind you. So he's talented, but I agree. He does absolutely nothing for me. And like I said with Mandy Rose before, going back to NXT was beneficial for her. Yep. I don't know if that's going to be the case for Apollo. No, really absolutely don't. not. I mean, this is what nope. he's doing. He's facing Grayson Waller in a casket match. Uh, I, I mean, if this is the best they got for this guy, then yeah, he's doomed. Now, you mentioned Booker T, and you just completely bury the guy. <laughs> I think with Booker is years ago when he was like in a three-man team, on Monday Night Raw, I don't think he was that bad. Also, when he was paired with Michael Cole a couple years back, too, I don't think he was that bad either. I just think that he's not familiar with the NXT product or whatever. And listen, I think Vic Joseph, I think he's amazing. But I think just the pairing of the two, it just doesn't mesh well. Yeah, that could be. I mean, like, but like that's mind-boggling to me. It's like you get you get paid money to call mm-hmm. this product, like, mm-hmm. even if you're not familiar with it. Yes. At least brush up on some of the stories and stuff like for what this yes. Halloween Havoc show is going to be so you can actually make sense and then you know what if you don't know what you're talking about just keep your mouth shut and let Vic take the wheel absolutely uh, I don't know like to me like that's kind of like Jim Ross too with the AEW product and that's a little bit more understandable because, like, <laughs> and, and it's more and it's a little bit more comical too <laughs> yeah oh yeah of course and he's also got two other partners you know who can like you know help him here and there um but yeah I mean this is just 
I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm just not a fan of Booker T in general. Right. So, uh, you know. Well, once again, that was your NXT report with Ryan Radar. It's probably like the first of I don't know how many. I don't know. Listen, hey, they, they announced another NXT um, special. Deadline. In December. Yep. And, and listen, if it's a cold, snowy day and I'm feeling under the weather, it's a Saturday night and I'm bored, I got nothing to do. Maybe I will just have another NXT report for you. If it's like a special show like this where, like, you know, there's there's been feuds that have been brewing and, you know, I don't know. Like I said, it wasn't that bad to watch, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the product just does nothing for me. It definitely needs something else. Um, you know, I know they took away the 2.0, but, like, it just needs a little bit more oomph behind it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the talent. I don't know if it's the booking, but... It's something. Something's going on, because that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because I had all the intention to watch this show, even though I have didn't really know much going into it, right? But then this whole Brooklyn rooftop show came up, and I was like, you know what? I'd rather go to that than watch NXT. Yeah, I'm going to have it. What's the disconnect for people like you and me? Is it the fact that there's just so much wrestling going on that we'd rather watch that? Or, after you just watched the pay-per-view last night, there's something more. What is it, the disconnect that... Listen, and I'm not trying to bash or, like, make fun of people that do watch the NXT product, but it's been months for me, probably since Ziggler was champion, yeah. that I tuned in to watch NXT. And even when I did during that time when Ziggler was champion, it's not like I was going to watch it every week. Like, I would watch right. certain things and probably skim through other stuff and, you know, some of the stuff that grabbed my attention I would watch, but... There's definitely a disconnect for people like me and you that we're just like, yeah, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, I don't know. It could be because there's so much other wrestling on that's better than this that it's just like you look at this, I'm like, why am I even going to waste my time watching this? Mm -hmm. And more maybe it's just because I was, I mean, you were so used to the old NXT that like this new developmental thing where they went back to it, it's yep. just not... It's just not clicking. I mean, I'm in my room right now as we record this, and I'm looking at, you know, I got some posters up here. I got, like, these uh, NXT TakeOver posters. Yep. I'm looking at the one from uh, New York. I'm looking at TakeOver 25. I'm mm -hmm. looking at TakeOver Toronto. Yep. I got these two uh, collector's cups in here with, like, the Undisputed Era on it with Aleister Black, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Shane Baszler. I mean, like, I don't know, man. NXT, like, I was such a huge fan Me of too. NXT. Me too. And it's weird that, like, I have this such distaste for it now, but it's kind of just like, <laughs> and like I said, there are some good things right. on the show, but there, there's more bad than good on it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, I see there's people on my timeline that seem to watch every week and actually enjoy. And hey, kudos to them. If you do, I'm not telling you what to like or what right. not to like. We're all here for to support like, all wrestling. We're not going to make fun right. of you watching, but it's just something that I just can't Go out of my way and, like, watch it. Like, you know, we, we, we talked about Impact in the past, right? Like, I might not watch it the day it airs, but, like, I'll go. I have no problem whenever I do find some little time to watch it. I'll tune in and watch it. Like, that's something, like, I don't mind watching. But when it comes to NXT, it's just like, eh, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's weird, man. Because, like you say, you see all these people enjoying it. And you look at yourself, you're like, is it me? Like, am I just not right. fun anymore? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. I really wanted. I really want to enjoy it. You know, I want to support these. Right. Nice. Like, you know, like I said, like Carmelo Hayes. Bro, oh, this guy's awesome. amazing. Dude, it's amazing. Creed brothers, bro, like really good, like really solid. That, like I said, Nate, that Nathan Frazier dude's sick. Ilya Dragunov, I honestly think he's above NXT at this point. 
Um, I would love to see him on like SmackDown. Or Give me him and Walter again. Him and Gunther, yeah. bro. <laughs> or Sheamus. Yeah. Or somebody like that. Yeah. I mean, this guy needs to come up. There's a lot of guys that I feel like just don't belong down there. Actually, too. Speaking of that, um, they did announce the return of Dominic uh, Dijak to NXT as oh, well. Oh, okay. In a, in a um, like a little promo where he was like burning his T-bar mask. Oh, finally, so, Jesus so Christ. He's headed back. Um, so we'll see what they do with him. Hey, um, maybe he faces Braun Breaker. It could be. I mean, maybe that. I, I would. I'd be fine with that. I mean, this dude. He's talented. He's been doing absolutely nothing. There's really no place for him on the main roster. So I don't think that could hurt. But I think that's another thing too. Is uh, this past week we had AEW and NXT going head to head on Tuesday night. The Tuesday NXT, Night Wars, again, baby. <laughs> once again, NXT's trying to stack the show to get more people to tune into their product and you know win the ratings. Even though they say the ratings don't matter, but clearly they do to them. You know how many main roster stars were on the show this week, bro? Like that's another thing too. Like if you're gonna have NXT be developmental, the influx of main roster talent that constantly show up is such a turnoff. Like it, you know, I saw Nakamura was on the show. I saw the Good Brothers on the show. I saw Judgment Day was on the show. Uh, Rhea was on the show. I mean, like Jesus. Like and then they're beating these younger talents, and you're just like, what? Like what's the point? Like this is not what NXT is supposed to be. So it's a little bit of that too. I, I don't know. It's just uh, I don't know. I just really don't care. <laughs> I want to mention this one last thing since we're on the NXT topic. You know who I think should go back to NXT? Because I feel like she's not been hitting in the main roster. Who do you think I'm going to say right now? Uh, I don't know. Um, is it like a woman who's like on the show every week? Or is it somebody who's yeah, back? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, you can say she's on the show every week. Bra or SmackDown? SmackDown. Jeez. I don't know. Raquel Gonzalez. Or Raquel Rodriguez. Okay. Okay. I... I don't know what it is, but you saw how much of a monster she was in NXT, right? Even when yeah. her even when her title run still at times felt a little bit underwhelming, she still felt like a big deal in NXT. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in SmackDown, she is not hitting at all. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm in the minority of this. Maybe it would be beneficial if she went back to NXT. Not for a long time. But maybe for a couple of months or something. Yeah, I mean, hey, honestly, like, I'm not gonna disagree. I, I don't really, I've not really seen much of her. I'll be, I'll admit, SmackDown's that one show where I don't really watch. Um, I did like actually go back to my DVR this week and skim through it very quickly. Um, so I don't really like, can't really gauge to see how good she's actually doing. But it's not a surprise to me. I mean, we've seen this happen in the past where it's like Shayna Baszler comes up. She's the most dominant female. That yeah. we've seen in NXT. Yep. And now she's a nobody. Oh, yeah. We saw it with Rhea Ripley in the beginning. Yep. We also saw it with Asuka, too, after a while. After she was just like, uh, she lost her undefeated streak to Charlotte and just wasn't really, like, doing anything. And, like, now Asuka's, you know, uh, yeah, you could say Asuka's had a pretty good main roster run. Now you could say Rhea Ripley's doing some yep. really good work. But um, at first, like, you was just, you're like, what? Like, this is not the same woman we're used to seeing in NXT. I guess that's the same thing with, with Raquel uh, Rodriguez here mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I couldn't care less if she goes back down or stays. Um, I, you know, I don't really, like, have too much of an opinion on her. I was never really a huge, huge fan of her in-ring work, I'll admit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, she's just, like, a, a big, dominant, you know, woman, kind of like a Rhea Ripley lookalike. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, her other half, Ron Strong. Oh, oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. What's he <laughs> doing, man? Like, God, I... I like I like saw that he had a face to face with Omos. I'm like, dude, who wants to see this? I know we're we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I saw that face to face with him and Omos, and I'm like, holy shit, he looks small against Omos. 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yo, Braun Strowman looked like tiny again. You know, facing off with Moss. I'm like, what the fuck? That that whole segment to me was very laughable too. Because Omas like reacted like a dog, and what I mean by that, it's like you ever seen like when you're playing with your dog. You have a dog, so you know this. Like when you're, let's say you're playing with your dog, and you kind of stand still, and you're both like looking at each other, and your dog's like going like he kind of shakes real quick, and then he stops and he looks at you, and he's waiting for you either to chase him or for you to run so he can chase you. Yep. Yep. That's what Omas did with Braun Strowman. Omas <laughs> did that, and then he pushed Braun Strowman. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Oh, sounds like such compelling television. <laughs> I, like I said, I did actually skim through it on SmackDown on DVR, and uh, guess what I did? I just I just kept going right, right through that whole entire part. I, I, I didn't stop, because I just could care less about Omos, and I just could care less about Braun Strowman. So, there we go. Tune in uh, for, who knows? Who, Tune in for... Who knows when, when the next one's going to be? It's... Uh, TBD. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say December. I'm gonna say December. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah. I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll be feeling in, uh, maybe I'll be in a good mood. Who knows? Maybe they'll put on a, a you know, exciting card, and uh, and I'll tune in again, and I'll report back to you with my thoughts on this riveting NXT product. Do you think one of your new monikers is gonna be like the man that killed NXT? <laughs> I hope not. I okay. Hope not. Okay. I already okay. feel bad. I already feel bad about enough about it doing that to Ring of Honor, so I don't really think I should do that to any more promotions. <laughs> Last week was Impact, this week is NXT. Okay. <laughs> Which one will be next? Alright. In uh, some some unfortunate news, man. They're, they're not, not saying there's been a lot of unfortunate news, but there's been some stuff that, that just hasn't been really been good stuff to read or to witness or whatever. But So we get this main event on AEW this week. Hangman Page, John Moxley for the world title. The match was going. Okay, it started off hot with the moonsault from Hangman, from the crowd to the, it, it was great, great stuff. And then just when the match was really going, like they, they started like connecting in every way possible. Moxley hits a Larry to close on to Hangman. Hangman spins around, you know, lands on his neck, head, side, and the man was out, bro. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Instantly, unless you're a piece of shit fan, which there's a good plethora of them, you're like, I hope he's okay. That's all I cared about. Kudos to AEW, because when they realized that Hangman was gone, I believe it was uh, referee uh, Paul Turner. He motioned the X. He put stopped officially the match. And then as they continued... Figuring out what they were going to do with Hangman. They got the stretcher out or whatever. They did not put the camera on Hangman. They they completely stopped. They started focusing on the ring. They started focusing on the commentary team. And kudos to them too because they were put in a very, very tough position where they're like, all right, we got to fill in time. So now, you know, kind of give sort of an update with what's going on with Hangman. At the same time, plug next week's show. Excalibur tried to do the best he could with that. But you could tell with Tony Schiavone's face and Taz especially how uncomfortable they were. Especially with Taz because he broke his neck in the ring before. Yeah. So kudos to all three men. And then kudos to John Moxley too getting on the mic. And it kind of worked out in a weird way where they got MJF to come out and to cash in his chip and say that he's going to do it at full gear. And, you know, it kind of played back to uh, – it was kind of a callback to what we saw earlier between the, the phenomenal – promo between MJF and William Regal, which I'm sure we're going to talk about that in a, in, a, in a minute, but overall, I'm just happy that Hangman's okay, 
And I saw a lot of people, once again, crapping on AEW, because, you know, that's a, that's an in thing to do now when it comes to this wrestling world, and that's just to crap on, on AEW no matter what they do. And it's like, this could have happened in any fucking company. This is not an AEW thing, all right? The bump that Hangman took, okay? We seen this bump taken all across in every fucking promotion, all right? The Indies, GCW, WWE, AAA, Impact, NWA, MLW, the list goes on and on. This is a bump that we see all the time. Fun fact, the bump that Hangman took with the clothesline from John Moxley, that was the same bump that we saw in the beginning of the night with Pac and I believe Trent Beretta. So this is a bump that we've seen all the time. So whether it's John Moxley went stiff, quote unquote, or Hangman just took the bump and took it wrong. Like this is not an AEW thing. This could have happened anywhere. You could take a bump 50 times, but maybe out of those 50 times, there's one time where, hey, you get your bell rung and this is, I'm not making an excuse for for AEW or Hangman or Moxley or whatever, but you know, they're not doing ballet here, okay? Shit happens. I'm just happy Hangman's okay. I'm just happy that it wasn't a broken neck, anything like that. I know it's a concussion. Obviously, concussions are serious, but AEW is going to take the proper steps to make sure Hangman's okay. And for those people that are criticizing AEW, they did the best they possibly could on handling the situation. And if you have any criticism on the company, you're just a fucking moron. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, they did they did the best they possibly could in the situation, given the circumstances. I mean, Hangman goes down, and immediately the ref, uh, I think it was ref Paul Turner, gets in there, sees something's wrong, calls Doc Sampson in the ring, and that was it, man. They got on top of it as quick as they possibly could. I mean, I don't know, you know, they did everything right in that scenario, and kudos to, like you said, Excalibur and Taz and Tony, just, uh, you know, keeping their cool and, uh, you know, just going through the, the match card for next week and just yep. filling the, the, the rest of the time because there was like 10 minutes left in the show the best they possibly could. Of course, kudos to John Oxley, who just, uh, you know, just a, a complete professional man like he knows what he's, he's doing the best. he just grabs the mic all calm cool and collective knows what he's gonna do calls out mjf uh i don't know what was going on back there because you, if you did notice like at one point during the match mjf was watching the match from like a, a skybox in the arena and then he like they showed um him like not there anymore so he disappeared so i don't know if he was gonna i'm sure he was gonna confront mox at the end of the show anyways but like i'm sure like that the promo that he caught was, was impromptu ad-lib, yep like all, all on the fly yep. um and then you know even after he like says he's gonna cash in the shot at full gear you mm-hmm. know mox comes back on the microphone and 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 cuts a little mini promo there too which you know just did not seem planned at all so yeah i mean kudos to everybody for you know filling the rest of that time it's a really unfortunate situation thank goodness hangman page is okay mm-hmm. um but man oh man was that scary and like you said a move that happens 99 percent of the time to hangman and, and anybody else who faces mocks and nothing goes wrong and then the one time something does go wrong well hey like you said that's 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 wrestling for you they're, yep. not, they're not doing ballet here shit happens total accident um you know the, the shitting on aew man i mean that's just gonna happen it's the number two promotion in the world and it's just you, you got a lot of haters out there for it so any opportunity to they think they could jump on and rip the company to shreds. They're going to do. So I don't really listen to those people anymore because it's just, it's asinine. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, kudos to <clears> AEW <throat> and everybody involved for just absolutely 
handling that situation the best they could. Yeah, definitely uh, an unfortunate situation, but we could just hope for the best for Hangman, and hopefully he'll he's on the road to recovery and whatever time he needs to be, you know, kind of just take a leave or whatever, you know, give him all the time he needs, you know, and because when yeah, we so want it, when we see Hangman again, we want him to be a hundred and ten percent. We don't want him to be just fifty percent or anything like that. Right, right, yeah. Now he's he's got to come back as healthy as can be. Listen, mm-hmm. that's the best thing about AEW right now is their roster is very, very deep. Yep. They don't need some of these guys. These guys go out, man. They don't need to rush them back. Like their roster is super deep. That um, you know, I'm sure we're gonna miss Hangman, but he's not going to be missed in terms of like. You know, there's not going to be a void on the show without him. You know, I, I feel like they have other wrestlers who could step in there and fill that void just fine. So, yeah, listen, he's got to get healthy. He's got a young baby now, so he's yep. got to, you know, he's got to get his health right for for reasons like that. So, absolutely, yeah, do not rush back. There's really no reason for it. Before we talk about the MGF and the William Regal promo, because I thought that promo was fucking phenomenal, the back and forth between those two. I do want to bring this up because I saw this being part of the conversation when it, it comes to the, the hangman injury, the concussion. People were saying, that's why WWE has a performance center. You know, AEW should do the same thing too. And I'm like, I get the mindset of that. But you also understand too, WWE is established for decades. AEW hasn't even hit a decade yet. You don't see Impact and MLW and all these other promotions have their version of a performance center. No, it's you can't compare it. And whether there's a performance center or not, that doesn't guarantee you that that's going to prevent injury. Right, right. It, 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 listen, look at how many people in the WWE performance center there are. And I just talked about the NXT show. I just watched and half of them are still green as can be. You know, so it's like a performance center is not always going to measure success, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, WWE is a, a multi-billion dollar company. Listen, they've got state-of-the-art everything, you know? So they built the performance center. Like you said, AEW is a three-year-old company that, you know, is not there yet. Um, it's not like it's going to do them any good, especially somebody like Mox and Hangman Adam Page. These guys are freaking veterans. They don't need a performance center. I mean, <laughs> things happen. They got hurt. It is what it is. Um, you know, once Ring of Honor starts, you know, maybe they could use that maybe as a, like, a developmental system a little bit. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's just so freaking ridiculous talking about the Performance Center as if, like, the Performance Center has generated these amazing stars in the past. Like, yeah, some of them. But, like, it's not an automatic where it's like, oh, if you have a Performance Center behind you and you have those, uh, you know, assets and that place to use and you're going to be successful in this industry, like, that doesn't mean shit. Because a guy like Seth Rollins that used to worked the indies, was a former Ring of Honor world champion, then he goes to FCW slash NXT or whatever, he gets, like, all the indie stuff out of him. He goes on to the main roster, and then they call him one of the most unsafe workers in the world, which accidents fucking happen. So what do we blame that? Do we blame that on the WWE Performance Center, or do we blame that on his previous work that he did outside of the WWE? Like, shit happens. Shit happens. The injuries are gonna happen. That doesn't mean that Seth Rollins is an unsafe worker. Shit fucking happens. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It's just, uh, again, it's another reason why, like, try not to read too much into any of this stuff because, like, the wrestling community, man, in general, is just so toxic. Hey. And, you know, this is what they do. They put out these narratives onto the universe. This, oh, this person's unsafe. This person's unsafe. This person's unsafe. It's like, dude, like, shit happens. Nobody's actually going in there to hurt somebody. And if they are, well, then they don't belong in this business. But I don't I don't remember anybody who went in there with the uh, purpose intent of hurting somebody in a match like that. I mean, come on, you know? And it's also, it also, 
if if uh, you know Seth Rollins remember when he um, injured Finn Balor on that buckle yep. bomb in yep. their match for yep. the Universal Title and Finn had the relinquished belt. You know that I'm not saying that's Finn's fault, but like you know it's also the way that the the their opponent lands too. You know, like he landed, he, he didn't stick his arm out, and right he away, looked like and he, he hesitated. Wrong. He hesitated right like a mini second before he landed. He looked back too. Right, right. So he like, could, yeah. It, there's nothing you could do about that sometimes. You can't blame the guy who's performing the move. Sometimes you got to blame it on the guy who's, uh, you know, just taking the move as well because there's a way to bump. There's a right and a wrong way. I ain't going to pretend like I know because I've never been in a wrestling ring, but I know that there is a right and a wrong way. So No, Ryan. We're going to blame Seth Rollins because you know what? He came from Ring of Honor. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I should have destroyed that company when I had the chance. God mm-hmm. damn it. Yep. That's what happened. That's why we're gonna we're gonna blame Seth Rollins. He's an untaped worker because he used to do Ring of Honor. Yep, yep, that's yep. what it is. That explains it. You know what's funny about so far, like the the first I say we're about we're about to hit an hour part of the show, right? We've spoken about NXT a lot, and the next thing we're gonna talk about also kind of has to do with NXT a little bit, and that's the MJF William Regal segment that we got because MJF cuts this marvelous promo, reality reality era, right? Straight shoot. When he became an extra for WWE during the NXT era, that was like around the time. Remember that that clip that was running uh, running around? I think it was like at a takeover, where Samoa Joe is you know walking through the back with like security guards, and he sees MJF and he pushes him. He's part of like yep. the security team. Okay, so it was like around that time, and MJF just starts telling the story how they were there as extras, but before that they did like these quick minute matches in the ring, and then you had guys like William Regal, you had Dean Malenko. And I can't think, uh, I think Adam Pierce was another guy where they were judging the matches. So they judged MJF's match. And then after the match, William Regal pulled them to the side and said, like, hey, sell me. Like, sell me on you. So MJF just starts cutting this promo. And William Regal tells him, he's like, I want you to email me your matches every single week. And, you know, just email me your stuff. So MJF continued telling this story on saying that finally William Regal, at one of the emails, responds back to him and saying, that you know he's a busy guy and he's looking for athletes, etc. Blah blah blah, whatever. And MJF took that to heart. And listen, at this point of the segment, and I'm kind of giving like a kind of like a cliff note version of actual promo. If you guys have not watched the promo, first of all, you're living under a rock. And two, go on YouTube and just find this promo because this whole segment was just fucking amazing. So at this point, the crowd has fully turned on Regal. Who would ever thunk it? Fully turned on Regal, one thousand percent. Regal responds, and Regal wins the crowd back because he tells MJF if it just took an email to the point where MJF was co- like considering ending his life, then he got it easy. Because when Regal came up, he was getting beat up by grown men at the age of sixteen. Oh, this whole thing was fantastic to the point that Regal tells him like, "Listen, you still have a lot to learn. You haven't proved anything to me. If you want to take a shot at me, go right ahead." MJF doesn't take the shot. Oh, this whole segment was just fucking fantastic. I think this is is maybe the one or two one of the best MJF promos he's ever cut. If you want to, maybe even three, because if you count the the MJF shoot promo on Tony Khan, that's up there too. So between that. The, the CM Punk story where MJF was a kid is between those two and then this one. Fantastic stuff all around. Yeah, dude. I was uh, just absolutely mesmerized by this entire segment itself. I could not be more engaged in every single word that, that MJF said in that promo. I mean, God, you hang on to every single word he always says, but my goodness, what a story. What a storyteller this guy is, right? Like, we sit here and we say, 
a couple of times throughout the year, I think for this year in general, we've sat back and said, wow, what an unbelievable MJF promo. Like, that was his best one yet. And then every single time, he, he just keeps topping that over and over and over. I don't really, I mean, that one that he did against CM Punk, um, you know, a year ago to kickstart their feud, I think that was one of the ones that stands out the most to me. As well as, like, you know, the, the Tony Khan one where he called him a mark earlier this year and stuff like that. But this one, man, this one was just unbelievable. I mean, every single little detail, it seemed like he didn't leave anything out. Nope. Um, it was real. Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't even say he sat here and, like, exaggerated any part of this. Like, I'm sure every single part of this story that he told actually happened. Yep. And, I mean, my 1,000%. Goodness, like, what, what a full circle moment, right? Like, coming back and cutting that on William Regal, a guy who he probably never thought he would be cutting promos on, right? Mm-hmm. And, like... It just worked out so freaking perfectly. And like you said, and, uh, William Regal coming back, too, and just winning the crowd back over. And then, you know, just uh, defending himself in the best way that he possibly could. It's like, my goodness, I can't, I can't even say, like, you can't even sit here and say, oh, MJF cooked Regal. Because, like, Regal cooked him right back. So, like... It was a great response to the point that he won the crowd back. And I don't know if you noticed this about MJF. The last two promos he's cut, the one this week, remember the pre-tape he did last week at Canada? For whatever reason, I'm getting this vibe. There's little tidbits here and there on his promo style recently where I'm getting a little bit of Ric Flair. The way he goes like, listen, you son of a bitch, I'm MJF. Like the way he says it, the cadence of his voice and how he's saying it, it reminds me a lot of Ric Flair. Dude, 100%. I mean, he said it, he stated in interviews multiple times that he's a student of the game, bro. He studies everybody. So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that, too. Like, just the way he, you know, like you said, his facial expressions mm-hmm. and, and just knows, like, like even, like, little things like this, like, where, like, he's in the middle of telling a story and Regal smirks, like, yeah, keep smirking, you son of a bitch. Yep. Like, shit like that. Like, yep. adding in little things like that. And then when he does that, it doesn't deter him from... No. Like the, the path that he was on, like he doesn't like it doesn't distract him. Like he doesn't he doesn't say that and be like, oh shit, what was I talking about? He goes right back to what he was talking about. Like little things like that. That's like that's it, man. That's the it factor. And holy shit, man. I mean, MJF. He says these things. Oh, I'm a generational talent, but bro, like he really he is. Says is so legit. Like he, he really is. Freaking believable. Um, it's 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 absolutely just insane how good he is at such a young age and. If you can even imagine this, he's only going to keep getting better and better. But my goodness, I mean, what must a guy like William Regal be thinking in his mind, too, as MJF is cutting this promo on him, right? Like, I know he's standing there smiling and shit, but he must be in his head. He must be like, holy shit, man, look at this kid go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. intimidated by the presence of Regal or anything. Just, holy shit. But you know what? Credit to Regal, too, because while he probably was thinking all that to his head... Man, he knew exactly what he was going to respond back. Because my man oh, responded yeah. back so cool and so collective. Like, yo, he's like a master at his craft, too. So, th- overall, this was just such a great moment and just a great segment. Could be a, a, a segment of the year candidate, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, could, I literally went back to watch the whole thing again, too. Yep. Um, yep. My goodness, just so freaking good. That back and forth, I mean, God, it, it was so great. I, I, and now we got, you know, the match made official, which is MJF is going to be challenging Mox for the title. So, I mean, dude, this is like the only beginning of this. I mean, the full gear is still a couple weeks away. Who knows what we're going to get next week and the weeks after that. So, my goodness, it could not have been a, any better of a start. And like you said, MJF just continues to just absolutely just, 
you know, jaw drop us every single time he's in the ring with the microphone. It's unbelievable. Listen, between him and Roman Reigns, they're must-watch television no matter what they fucking do on television. No matter what they do, must-watch instantly. 100%. I was just having this conversation with uh, one of my buddies who I always go to the AEW shows with. And we are talking about just, I don't know, something like what the AEW product is missing. Like, it's just not hitting, like, how it used to hit. It's not a bad product, but it's also, like, not as hot as it once was. Right. It's, it's like not that. as hot anymore. It's still enjoyable to watch. Anybody that says it's not enjoyable, you're just out of your mind. But it's not as hot as it once was. Yeah. And I, one thing I did say was, well, if there's any silver lining in that, it's like MJF is the one guy that's worth tuning in to see and really just... It's just one of the most interesting things. It's not the most interesting thing in the nope. company right now. And, man, they put that belt on him, which I feel like they absolutely 100% have to. At 1,000%. 100% it's going to happen. Uh, that's going to be a game changer because the company desperately needs somebody like him uh, you know, to, to, to carry the company. I'm not saying, you know, like, hey, Mox is amazing. Of course, we praise Mox. I love Mox. He's great. But I think he desperately needs a vacation. I think he needs to just go away for a little bit. Let's regroup and then come back whenever, um, and and let MJF take this ball and run with it and see what he could do and you know uh, just really looking forward to it. Listen, with the with the whole thing that happened, you know, post all out brawl out if you want to call it after what happened there and you remove big figures in the company, right? People that were on television for the most part all the time. Kenny Omega just came back or whatever, etc. You know, you have guys like. Jericho, Moxley, and Brian, and they're veterans, and yes, no matter what they do on TV, instantly you want to watch, but at the same time, you got to focus on the young, and you got to focus on the youth, and MJF's that guy, and MJF's that guy, even though he's young, he still levels up to these veterans. Like you said, we praise John Moxley so much all the time on this show, and you can make the argument, he could be wrestler of the year, alright? But, MJF's that guy. MJF is the guy that's going to take us into 2023. And like I said before, when he does win this title, he should not drop it. And he should continue telling the story. We're going to see like the, the, the big, big bidding war. He should use that to his advantage while he's still champion. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And he absolutely will. And honestly, he should hold that belt. I mean, listen, I'm going to, it's probably not going to happen because there's so many guys who like are probably going to be next in line and, you know, it's only going to be so many guys that MJF's going to beat. But, man, I would let him hold that belt until that time comes, too, to make everything a little bit more intriguing, you know? Absolutely. 1,000%. One last thing on MJF I want to ask you. If you're living under a rug or under a rock or you're just not paying attention to AEW, MJF, no matter what, he's getting face reactions, okay? We saw it this week against Regal. Yes, it eventually does turn to booze at times. But for the most part, the crowd wants to cheer MJF. What do you think happens at Full Gear? Do you think MJF is going to win this match clean and then get a standing ovation no matter how much he talks shit to the crowd or he sticks his middle finger to the crowd, etc.? Or, keep in mind, he still wants to be a heel. Even though he's getting these great reactions, I don't think he wants to turn face. At least not yet, okay? I'm sure we eventually will get this. Because we're getting a little sprinkles here and there how big of a babyface MJF is going to be. Since his return... He gives us little sprinkles. He likes to toy with the crowd on how big of a face he could be. Oh, my little devil worshippers, etc. He you know he he plays to the crowd while still being condescending, which I love. I love. I love every time. And no matter what MJF does on TV, I love it. Okay. But do you think since he's a heel technically, he's gonna lie? Because he did say he's gonna win it the right way. He's gonna do this the right way by himself. Do you think he goes back to his word because he's a bad guy? 
and wins a title in a cheating fashion. No, I actually, I actually think he's going to end up winning it clean. I think that's the story that they're telling here. I think he's going to, uh, you know, prove Regal right or prove him wrong, whatever it is. Um, and he's going to absolutely win this belt clean because, you know, if he cheats to win, and I'm not saying, like, this is not really typically what AEW does. and not really like WWE in this aspect, but, like, he cheats to win. It's like, you know, it sets up another rematch, you know. Uh, and I just don't really need to see a rematch here, like, between these two. Like, it just should not be a long feud. It should just be this one match. MJF wins and then moves on to somebody else, carries his, the company on his back. Uh, Mox goes on vacation or does whatever he does and comes back whenever. Um, I think it's time for MJF to win a match clean, and it will only help the babyface run, potentially, whenever that's going to come. Um, and, you know, you just keep building towards that because, I mean, he's getting these insane reactions. And in New Jersey, you know, it's not too far away from New York, yep. uh, you know, Long Island. I oh, mean, yeah. It's going to be a really pro-MJF crowd. So, yeah, I think he needs to win this belt clean. I think he does. And, um, and yeah, I don't know, man. He's, he's going to be a huge baby face, but I don't know. It's going to be weird to see that. I don't know if he's ever going to actually, like, you know, I don't know. We've seen, like, little glimpses of it here and there, like little teases. Uh, of him being a babyface, but I'm not so sure he's going to come out every single weekend and hug the crowd, high-five everybody when he's a babyface. I still think he's going to have... A piece of shit. Like that, <laughs> still be a piece of shit. to him, you know? Right. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting what they decide to do at full gear and then going forward, but yeah, it's MJF's time, man. He needs to be world champion, bro. Yeah, long overdue. Speaking of world champions, the Ring of Honor world champion... Chris Jericho has signed a three-year extension with AEW. He's going to stick around with AEW, but also he's going to take on a bigger role. He's going to be a creative advisor, and I believe he's going to have some other backstage duties. And you know what? This is a great call from Tony, and I think Chris Jericho did the right thing. This is going to benefit AEW, if anything. Oh, 100%. This was a no-brainer. Jericho is is doing some amazing work in the ring, but even better work outside the ring as, as a locker room leader. Like, He's the guy over there, and, and and he should be. And I'm honestly like, I'm a little surprised, but I'm also not surprised because um, you know, we see these guys like you know uh, these vets in these companies, right? And it's only a matter of time before they go back to WWE, right? I mean, I'm, like I'm sure Jericho will eventually go back sometime, whether that's for a Hall of Fame induction or something like that. Yep. But he genuinely seems to love. Oh, he loves it. AEW. He loves it. One thousand like, percent. He loves it. So it's like. Maybe he won't be one of those guys that just runs right back. I mean, yeah, maybe he'll go back for, like, an appearance or, like, like you said, a Hall of Fame induction. But for another run, maybe he won't. Maybe he will just literally end his in-ring career in AEW and then, you know, work backstage in AEW, like, as a coach, a trainer, or whatever, an agent, or whatever. And maybe never go back to working for WWE in, like, any capacity. I'm starting to get that feeling because, I mean, who knows? Never say never. But the way he just talks about AEW, I mean, it's just, like, it just seems that he just genuinely loves the company. So I'm glad to see him sticking around. And uh, like I said, they re- they really need him, bro. If they would have if they would have lost Chris Jericho, especially during times like hey. this where like, the locker room oh, has yeah. been a mess, oof, like that's that ain't good. So that would definitely had to be a priority for Tony to lock him up for the next few years. He just locked up Mox, and now they lock up Jericho. Two best things that the company could have done this year. I agree, definitely, definitely. You got to be fucking either blind or just biased and. If you guys don't see how how good this is for Jericho to resign, and especially taking like a more backstage role with being a creative advisor, and like you said, he's just a great locker room leader. 
with Moxley and with guys like Brian. So good for Chris Jericho. On the topic of Ring of Honor, since he is the Ring of Honor World Champion, Ring of Honor finally announced final battle, and it's going to happen at 4 p.m. December 10th. Very strange time. I don't know why they would do this, but uh, we also found out that later on that same day, NXT is going to have another show. So maybe that's when we'll get the other uh, Ryan Radar NXT report. But uh, what do you think of this final battle announcement? It's going to be in Texas. I, I thought it was going to be somewhere in the Northeast, but they're going to do it in Texas. Oh, baby. Ring of Honor and NXT on it the same day. Oh, oh baby. Oh, my, my December 10th is booked. I'll be on December 11th. I'll have a full lowdown report of both shows in, in quality depth. I'll have notes. I'll be typing up some stuff. Oh, oh, I'll be ready. Mark your calendars, kids. Oh, boy. Wow. Um, yeah, listen. I, I figured they were going to have a final battle. <laughs> but 4 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon in December. I mean, oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know, man. It's a man a show. Yeah, I, I think I think the reason they do it is because there's a UFC show on that night. And Tony uh, just hates competing with UFCs and football and things like that. And I understand, um, you know, he doesn't have a network like Peacock where it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, WWE clearly doesn't care because it's on Peacock. They don't need the, the, the pay-per-view buys or anything like that. People right. will watch if they want. Yep. And if not, they watch it on demand. It doesn't matter. But Tony's trying to sell a $50 pay-per-view, $40 pay-per-view, whatever it is. And if people are going to buy the UFC show or watch football or something over that, well, you know, then, then he loses money. So I understand it, but, like, I don't know. Like, and I guess there was no other weekend he could have possibly done this, but I just think there were probably better options at 4 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. But, hey, the diehards will tune in and watch, but Ring of Honor is just another – it's just another promotion like NXT and Impact. Is it? Like, hold on, wait. Is it really a promotion? Well, I mean, who knows? There's talks of in 2023, early on in the year, Tony's yeah. going to have some yeah. sort of, uh, I don't know, streaming deal, service, or network. I don't know. Something. So he's going to have a weekly show, whether whatever it is. But it's just another thing where it's just like, I just don't think I'm going to care. You know? I, I, I just can't see myself caring now. With all the ROH talent that's on the show every single week on AEW, I don't know how I could possibly invest and be interested in a Ring of Honor weekly television product. There's already enough wrestling on. There's wrestling on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Where, I mean, where's a ROH weekly show going to fit into this? Saturdays at 6.05, maybe? <laughs> yeah, you know, I know you mentioned that at one point on the show here uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I mean, who knows? I don't know. We'll see what how this 4 o'clock p.m. pay-per-view does, but... Um, I don't know. I don't really, like, know what to think about Ring of Honor. I really, really don't. I'm glad Tony bought it because, you know, it's another place for people to work. You keep it alive. You There's the narrative out there now. Says You know, it's always let's hate on AEW and hate on Tony Khan, which, like I said last week, Tony at times does bring certain things to himself, but... There's this narrative now that Ring of Honor would have been better off going to WWE, which I find that interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it would have necessarily been better off. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, why does WWE, why did WWE need it? You know, they didn't. I mean, they probably would have killed the company because they have NXT and they have Raw, they have SmackDown. They have enough shows. They mm -hmm. probably just would have used Ring of Honor for their library, and, and that's it. At least Tony is gonna is doing something with it. He's still putting out shows, like pay-per-views, and, and he wants to have a weekly show. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I just don't think anybody's going to care. And it's – I don't know. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but it, there's right. just 
I think there's just too much wrestling, man. I, and I, I know, like, we're talking about wrestling fans. Right. Like, you know, some people out there are like, oh, there's never too much wrestling. But, bro, like, when I'm watching a show or a company, like, I want to be invested, right? Like, I'm invested in AEW. I'm invested in WWE. I'm not invested in NXT. I'm not invested in Impact. I'm not invested in any of these other promotions, like NWAs, MLWs, whatever else is out there. Mm-hmm. I just don't see myself being invested in Ring of Honor, and I know I'm not the only one. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who just don't care <clears throat> about the company anymore. So let me jump in here real quick. So when it comes to the Ring of Honor final battle pay-per-view, I do plan on watching it. But this is this is what I will say, though. If somehow after this show, Chris Jericho is not world champion of Ring of Honor, I'm going to lose my mind the next day on Bucha Outsiders. I will, I, I, I might go on a rant. There's no reason why Chris Jericho should drop the title at this show, especially we're working on a streaming slash TV deal. Listen, Chris Jericho needs to hold this title for, for a while, and he shouldn't be dropping it. Yeah. No, I'm not worried about that at all. I think, you know, you have the weekly show. That's the reason why they gave Chris Jericho this belt, so that he can, like, you know, hopefully bring in some viewers to their to their weekly television product, similar to what he did when he won the AEW uh, championship. And then, you know, they went on to TNT. Uh, I, I have no worries about that. I mean, who do you even drop it to? That's that's just another thing. Like, I don't see anybody who... Your boy, um, your boy, Josh Woods. <laughs> oh, the Goods. Josh the Goods Woods, yeah. Hey, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't even know who's there to challenge Chris Jericho. I think we, we, we brainstormed a little bit last week. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, who who would he face? Would it be like a... Are we going to see something? Maybe Samoa Joe faces Jericho in the main event for Final Battle? I don't know, because Samoa Joe is on the poster. You know, he's on the graphic for Final yeah. Battle. That, that'd be pretty sweet. Honestly, yeah. I would like to see that match. But um, isn't he like the television champ or something like that, too? Maybe so. they run... They Maybe they do like the impact... Double duty. No, 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 they do, like, the whole impact thing where it's like, we're going to cash in the TV title to get a world title shot, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Can <laughs> hey, we talk about that for really quickly? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, Frankie Kazarian, my guy? Yeah. Frankie him, Kazarian him, cashing yeah. in option C for uh, the for the it, world. That we know that he's going to lose? Him, him beating a fresh, young talent like Speedball Mike Bailey just to relinquish this belt to get a championship match on an Impact Plus show. I had to look up what Impact Plus was, okay? It's a streaming service. Who the fuck is paying for this? Excuse my language. Who the hell is paying for an Impact Wrestling streaming service to watch Frankie Kazarian versus Josh Alexander? Obviously, he's going to lose. So you had him beat Mike Bailey for what reason? Oh, Impact. I just feel feel like, listen, I'm not hating Kazarian and Alexander, but I feel like we didn't have to get Kazarian to beat Mike Bailey for the title to get to this match. I feel like Kazarian has enough clout, regardless on how he's been using AEW in, in recent months or whatever. Kazarian has enough clout where he could go to Impact and be like, I want a title shot. And I feel like that would have worked. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's freaking Impact. You could do whatever the hell you want. You're bringing Bully right back. He, he could have walked through the door without winning the number one contendership and be like, hey, I'm a former... In- uh, Impact champion, I want to shout. Well, the difference between Bully Ray and Kazarian is like people are actually intrigued about a Kazarian Alexander match. Nobody's intrigued with Bully Ray doing anything in Impact. No, I mean, yeah, of course, of course not. But like, point being is like Kazarian, he, he's he's literally like one of Impact's biggest. Like, you know, like he's had a, a, a pretty good impact on no pun intended on the company. Yes, he's had you know shed right. blood, sweat, tears for that company for so long. He was in there for for a while. 
Like, why couldn't he just come back and be like, listen, like, I've never held the yeah. world champion. Yeah, and it would have worked. Yeah, it would have like, worked. Just, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. I'm not about to get into a rant or dissect or get in-depth on Impact Wrestling. NXT was enough for uh, for one show. Okay. All right. Um, Let me ask you a question, Ryan. Do you miss Thunder Rosa? Uh, I, I miss her a little bit. I, I You know, the, the women's division with or without her is uh, just... I don't know. It's just not doing anything for me right now. It's just not booked well. Um, so, like, you know, whether she's there or not, I don't really think <clears> it really makes that much of a difference. But I am a Thunder Rosa fan, so me I too. would like to see her come back uh, sooner rather than later. Me too. I'm a big Thunder Rosa fan. And um, kind of just adding on to let's hate on everything that AEW does and criticize them. Even in injury, Thunder Rosa has been catching a lot of criticism by people, both fans and talent. And Tony Storm made some comments this week. I don't know if it was this week or last week, saying, like, you know, the whole interim thing is bothering her. She's a Royal Women's Champion, etc. And when I first read this, I took it as, like, okay, she's building this to when eventually Thunder Rosa comes back, you know, we get the, you know, the unification matchup, you know, between both champions. That's how I took it. I didn't take it anything other than that. But uh, apparently there's some more to it, and Thunder Rosa went on record at Busted Open because um, she's part of the show, and she went on record saying, like, listen, I'm getting tired of get, being harassed, questioning my injury. I want to be back in the ring. I miss being in the ring, and since my injury, I've been getting nothing but criticism and hate by not only just fans and talent and tired of it. And she said, don't believe everything you read on the Internet, and if anybody has a problem with it, being talent-wise, go talk to the booker. I'm not the booker here. Listen, if I have to vacant this title, I have no problem doing it. But I was told that I'm still going to be remain as champion. And, you know, when I do come back, then we will deal things in a professional matter. So, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for Thunder Rosa because I'm sure it's not easy getting harassed on a daily basis by, you know, these schmucks on the internet, you know, while she's dealing with this injury and... She's vlogging it, and she also did mention that the you know she has to go for an epidural shot if I'm not mistaken soon, and she says she's gonna put this on her vlog. So it's like, man, for her to take it this far just to prove a point, I feel like she doesn't have to do that, and that's why I've been very um, careful with stuff that I post too, because Thunder Rosa does follow the page, so like I don't want to post anything that's gonna offend her or anything. So I kind of like stay away from that stuff because I actually do have respect for the talent. Especially if they if they do follow the page, I definitely don't want to put anything out there that's going to disrespect talent. So um, I feel bad for her, man. I really do, and you know I wish her nothing but the best, and I hope she comes back soon, soon rather than later. But um, yeah, I just feel bad uh, just the harassment in general when it comes to talent. Besides Thunder Rosa, there's a lot of people that do stuff similar to what we do here. Okay. We're podcasters, content creators, whatever you want to call us. We're not journalists. We don't have an insight. We don't act like we're journalists. If if we have a, a, a story or something we want to report on, we give credit to the actual source. We don't say, hey, Lucha Outsiders reports. We will never do that. There's a lot of knuckleheads out there that do something similar than what we do, and they'll try to act like they're the source even though they're not. One thing we will never do on here is disrespect town. So... I think a lot of people that do some of the stuff that we do feel like they could just talk however they want to talk about these talent. But then when the talent is in their face, they will be like, oh, I'm a big fan. Or like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, 
yo, aren't you the same people that talk crap about these talents or these personalities? So I'm not subscribed to that. You know, best wishes to Thunder Rose, and I just feel bad overall. Yeah, I mean, listen, everybody thinks they know everything about everybody's lives and things like that. It's not even just about wrestlers. It's just about everything in general. People think they know what somebody's going through and things like that, and they just love to throw out their opinions and things like that. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's mind-boggling that you would do something like that. But, yeah, listen, we don't know what's going on with her, and clearly she's doing the things she's doing and taking these measures to, to prove points and putting these things on vlogs. I mean, like you said, like it's just pathetic that she even has to swoop down to that level to do that. But I guess... It's just really, she's been sitting back and watching this crap for far too long, and she's just sick and tired of it. So, and, you know, good for her to want to prove that point and, you know, shut these people up for, for good, finally. Um, you know, and hopefully she gets things taken care of and gets back sooner rather than later and, and picks up right where she left off. It's a sad situation, but this is just this is just not surprising in any way, man. Like I said, everybody just thinks they know everything about everybody's lives and what people are going through, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very unfortunate. It really is. So best wishes to Thunder Rosa. All right. In the words of our friends, the rest friends, Iridian and Teddy, this is where we're going to get juicy. This is the this is the chisme part of the show. And what chisme means, the gossip. So it's rumored that right now AEW and CM Punk is in negotiations for a contract buyout. Where do you stand by this, Ryan? I think it's a good move. Because after what we saw with, from CM Punk, the all-out pay-per-view, the brawl-out scrum, I think it's what's best for business. Um, you know, AEW is going to take a hit probably financially, but for the betterment of the locker room, for the betterment of the promotion, this is best for all parties. Um, listen, I'm always going to be a CM Punk fan at heart. You know, I'm always going to respect the what he did in the business, overall the wrestling business. I did enjoy his work in WWE. Um, you know, going back to his Ring of Honor days. That, that's when I first started following CM Punk. Overall, if you look at his AEW run, he did have a couple of good moments. He did have a phenomenal match with MJF, um, the dog collar match. But overall, his AEW run was a botch. I, I'm cool with that, okay? I, I'm okay with that. I have no problem saying it. Uh, I'm always going to be, a, be a, a fan of CM Punk to a degree. But just overall, I was just not a... I'm not in favor and I'm not a fan of how he acted at that press scrum and is very unprofessional. And I think he just he's just a toxin when it comes to AEW and that's what it is. So I think this buyout is the right call. Yeah, 100%. Man. Anybody who says otherwise, I don't really know what, you, what you're looking for here. I mean, nobody apparently wants him back in the company. Everybody backstage has soured on him. I don't know how he could have ever recover from this ever you know the things he said he can't take back and uh just the way he goes about his business is just and like you said it's it's very toxic it's just not needed and for AEW to move on in a company to be successful and uh to just have you know this negativity behind them this is exactly what they need to do listen tony's got the money yeah he'll he'll lose a little bit of money but i think he likes uh cm punk phil as a person so he's willing to just give him his money don't come back, you know, thank you for what you did here, but honestly, like, you did this to yourself, so, like, I can't sit here and say I'm sad, I'm disappointed, like, no, like, he did it to himself, he dug his own grave, I'm a CM Punk fan, I always have been, but, listen, I don't need to see him back in wrestling ever again, we got the return, we all want it, now, many, now hopefully everybody can shut up with the CM Punk chance and wanting him back, yep. because we got him back, and, and it was, the, it, and it was a complete failure, yeah, that the feud between him and MJF was probably one of the best feuds um, in AEW's young history. It really was. It was great. 
his matches with Eddie Kingston, um, you know, winning the championship, you know, the, the little thing that he just had with Mox. Yep. I mean, hey, we got what we got. There's a lot of money left on the table. There's a lot of things we'll never see that I wanted to see, you know? Yep. And it's it's all on him, though. It's only him to blame. It's not Tony Khan. It's not AEW. It's CM Punk. He built his – he dug his own grave, and this is what he's got to deal with now. Um, and, yeah, buy him out. Get him out of here, and let's just not speak of him again. And it's crazy for me to say that because I am a Punk fan. I always loved the guy. Uh, but, you know, like I was – as big of a fan as I have been of CM Punk, I was never one of these guys that like was clamoring for this comeback. You know, I I was very content with him being retired. Me too. Me on. too. Me I, too. I moved on I too. One thousand percent. There's a lot of people that didn't move on and they hated CM Punk. Diehard yeah. CM Punk fans couldn't move on. They hated the fact how he left and they were like, "Hey, CM Punk's a carny because he's still doing these wrestling conventions and blah 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 blah." And they had a thing against CM Punk. I was not one of those people, all right? I was content of never seeing CM Punk wrestle again. Met the guy when I was a young punk kid, back when I was 13, 14 years old. He was a great guy. I'm Fast forward to 2020, right before the world went to shit, I saw him again at C2E2. Me and him had a phenomenal conversation about Ring of Honor. Not even WWE, about Ring of Honor, okay? And guess what? He was a great guy. Now, how he handles his business... How he is as a professional, what he did at the scrum, I'm not agreeing to none of that. But let's say we never saw CM Punk return to wrestling again, I would have been perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah me too. I'd be 100%. And you know what? I'm fine with the way it's ending right now too. I mean, listen, this is what it is. If this is how his whole wrestling career comes to an end, then like you said, it's on him and I'm, I'm fine with that. We saw the comeback. It wasn't what everybody thought it was going to be. And now, now, we, now we know and now he knows. That it's just not meant to be. Him and wrestling just don't work out nowadays. He's not hes not built to be in locker rooms with people like, you know, and again, I'm not even going to say bad people because they're not bad people, but he's just not built to be around other people who, like, you know, uh, just, I guess, go into business for themselves or, like, think they know it all and stuff like that. And, you know, I understand why that would piss him off, but I don't know. I just feel like he just shouldn't be around people yeah. anymore because he just doesn't know how to handle business. And uh, he's just really just, like, I don't know. He, he just has, like, he just, just a short temper. Like, he just does not know how to handle things. And uh, he just doesn't have thick skin. And and that's that's what it comes down to. He, listen, yeah. you know it's serious. You know it's serious, too, when your dog is, like, being vocal, too, against CM right. Punk. That, and listen, Punk's a dog lover. And the yeah. fact that your dog is throwing his two cents in there, that's how you know, like, get him out of here. That's it. Uh, get get, get him. off on Larry right now. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> get him out of here. Get him out of here. So here's my question. But, um, and maybe you're gonna, maybe that's the next thing you do want to say though. There, there's this rumor. It was reported by Fightful that Triple H is opened yeah. to do business with CM Punk, but that doesn't mean that has to be wrestling. So my next question to you is: somewhere down the line, within the next, I'll say three years, do we see CM Punk in the Hall of Fame, and do we see him do some type of business with WWE? I'm saying wrestling is out of the picture. I don't want to see CM Punk wrestle, but maybe some type of business, maybe. I don't know, maybe some type of uh, documentary, maybe leading up to the Hall of Fame, maybe him making amends with WWE, building some type of relation, kind of like how Bruno San Martino did in the past, like the Ultimate Warrior did in the past. Do we see something like that? Because I do not see him wrestling again. Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I, 
I don't know, man. I have a really hard time seeing that ever happening, bro. Like, everything that just happened just seems like it can't be rebuilt. Whether Triple H and WWE are going to welcome him back or not, I don't even think it's on them. I think it's going to be on CM Punk. I don't think he wants anything to do with WWE anymore, man. Even the things he just said recently where it's like, you know, oh, nothing's going to change there. Even with Vince gone, Triple H, nothing's going to change. And, like, you know, like, even if he isn't going back there to wrestle, if he's going back to the coach, like, why would he want to be in that environment again? Like, I just don't see it. I think this buyout where Tony's going to be paying him a good amount of money, he doesn't need the money anymore. So that's clearly not a reason to go back. Uh, there's just no reason to prove anything to anybody, you know? Like, like why would he go back? I don't know if they'd put him in the Hall of Fame. I don't even know if he'd want a Hall of Fame induction because he was just so, like, sour on, you know, what how he, you know, was uh, portrayed in the company where he never made events at WrestleMania. He's never the big star that he wanted to be. Like, I don't even think he would want that. So... I don't see it, man. I think all these rumors and, and all these people talking, I just feel like it's just all, like, just something that's just, it's just smoke. That's it. That's it. There's nothing behind it. Um, I mean, hey, I could be wrong. Who knows? Crazier shit has happened, man. This is pro wrestling. Never say never. Anything could happen. But I'm going to go on record and say, oh, we don't see CM Punk in WWE at all in any type of capacity ever again because I just feel like everything that happened is just not rebuildable, you know? Never say never. There's still a chance that we could see Punk you know, getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. I don't see him wrestling again. I'm anti, it's very slim, him doing any type of things with WWE. I think whatever Punk experience was in AEW made him open his eyes. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. Opened his eyes and was like, hmm, maybe WWE wasn't that bad. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I think. Because, like, even in that post-media scrum, he was bearing AEW and was kind of talking highly about WWE. So it's like, what the fuck? Listen, and I'm not saying this is going to happen within the next year or whatever, but who knows? Maybe even 10 years from now. I don't know. I could see Punk maybe return to the WWE for a Hall of Fame induction. I mean, yeah, if we're talking about 10 years or so, like down the line, eight years, six years, seven yeah. years, whatever, possibly. But, I mean, anytime soon, I think that's just completely not even a question. I mean, who knows? You know, people, people change. Um... It's possible. A Hall of Fame induction, possible. But mm -hmm. in terms of him working for the company backstage in any capacity... No, that I don't see. No, 1,000%. No. I don't see that at all. I definitely don't see that at all. All right, speaking of WWE, we got another Bray Wyatt promo this week. Interesting. That's the best way to put it. Bray Wyatt, once again, street clothes, talked about kind of adding, kind of finishing up his promo from last week. Got a little bit of a darker tone from Bray Wyatt. And then later on in the night, we got another one of these video packages, the uh, QR code, etc. And then we got the reveal, I'm assuming, of Uncle Howdy. I'm confused a little bit. And this is where my confusion is when it comes to this Bray Wyatt stuff. So, so is Uncle Howdy another personality of Bray? And is that the mask that we saw? Because I thought that the mask we got from Bray Wyatt that we got... At Extreme Rules and that imagery of that mask that we've been getting in, in recent weeks, that, that mask, I was under the impression that was the White Rabbit. Is the White Rabbit and Uncle Howdy two different characters here? Or is that the same mask, individual that we're getting? Or is what we saw, that, that visual that we saw on Friday, someone completely different? Dude, your guess is as good as mine, bro. I don't know. I mean, I try and follow this stuff, but there's it's so detailed and so, like, there's just so many clues, so many, like, hidden things here and there, and then you think one thing, and then 
another thing comes into play. I don't know, bro. I don't even know what to think. His promo, I didn't even know what he was talking about. It's I, intriguing I, stuff. It's compelling yeah, stuff, but yeah, I'm just lost. For sure. Yeah. But I just, I don't understand it. I don't know where they're going for. I don't even know if I can make a prediction of where they're going for it because I don't even understand what's even currently happening. So, yeah, I mean, listen, hey, kudos to them. I'm, I'm not burying this by any means. I'm, I'm saying this is a good thing. Like, this is like some really great, intriguing television. It's, it's leaving us like, guessing. Yeah, and it really shows that, I mean, we've already known what a great creative mind Bray Wyatt is, but holy crap, like, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's on another level with this stuff. I mean, it's absolutely genius. 1,000%. Storytelling and, and whatever you want to call it, but my goodness, I, I don't even know where they're going with it, but he's another guy, too. It's like, you, you tune into WWE programming, you don't know what you're going to see, you don't know what you're going to get, and that's a great thing. 1,000%. More on WWE. This is this is a this is probably something we might laugh a little bit. I don't know. The OC's back together. All right, we got the whole entrance this past week on Monday Night Raw. Big fan of the OC, and the fact that when the OC first was a thing, I bought a shirt and I never got to wear it because you know then the Good Brothers were gone, and I, I mean I could have wore it, but like you know sometimes when you get this wrestling merch, you want to wear it at a show or whatever, right? So I'm like, oh, the next time I go to the WWE show, I could throw this OC shirt on, right? And I never got that chance, so now, you know, maybe at Survivor Series or for another future WWE show, I get to rock this shirt. It's a fresh shirt. I'm pumped up, whatever, right? So we get the full entrance. We get the Good Brothers versus Alpha Academy. Anytime I see Otis get his ass whooped, that's good for me. I'm very happy. Then we get this Dominic and AJ Styles match. Dominic picks up probably one of the biggest wins of his career, okay, beating AJ Styles. Yes, he there were some shenanigans there, but still, a win is a win. And we get this announcement. We're getting the OC versus Judgment Day at Crown Jewel Money in the Sand 8. Now, interesting enough, that same day, Carl Anderson has to be in Japan to defend the Never Open Way Championship. But then we get this promo from Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows on social media saying that New Japan forgot to talk to his agent, the big LG Doc Gallows. So that match is not happening. So, the Never Open Way Championship is in limbo. We don't know what we're doing here. And the irony is that Carl Anderson was very vocal on how anti-Money in the Sand was to him because they got stuck out there for I don't know how many hours. Then that's when NXT had to make the save for SmackDown. Funny how things work where now he's going to make this Money in the Sand 8 show unless some changes are made. What do you think about this whole mess? <laughs> It's exactly what you just said. It's a mess. I don't even know. I don't know if it's a work. I don't know if it's a shoot. I know um, the New Japan president. But again, I don't know if this is storyline or not. I don't know why this would be storyline. What, like, like, where is it going? What's the payoff here? I mean, Carl Anderson signed to WWE now. His New Japan days are going to be coming to an end sooner rather than later. I know there's talks of him possibly doing Wrestle Kingdom and stuff like that still. But after that, I feel like he would wrap up. Do you know what I would love? Continue. To let him do that. You know what I would love? I don't see it happening, but you know what I would love? They had these prior dates already set in stone, like whatever. Uh, Carl Anderson defending the Never Open Weight Championship. You know, I, I don't think that's going to happen now. But if he's going to make this Wrestle Kingdom date, right? Come on, WWE. Just give, give us wrestling fans a favor. You know, obviously Doc Gallus is going to go with him. Luke is going to go with him. Come on, man. Would it kill you to just bring AJ? AJ don't got to take a bump, but... Come on, let's get the reunion. Let's get a two-sweet in there. Let's see my boy AJ with Bullet Club gear. Come on. Is it going to kill you, him showing up right, at the right. Tokyo like, Dome? Do? Yeah, come on. Let, let, let me get that visual. Oh, my God. Bro, I will lose. Japan is not even, like, 
competition. It's Listen, you Japan's your homie. Okay. Right. <laughs> Let me. You, that'd probably, that'd probably piss off Tony Khan. <laughs> oh, I'm sure if Tony don't play nice like that, he, he would feel disrespected and cheated. Oh, give boy, me, that, that give me that visual. Give me that visual of AJ Styles in the Tokyo Dome. Wrestle Kingdom Bullet Club gear. Let him accompany, you know, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson for whatever they're going to do at the Tokyo Dome. Just give me that visual. Come on. In a perfect world, who knows? Who, who even knows if those two are even going to be at the Tokyo Dome? <laughs> uh, let's see if they're going to be there first. Uh, I don't even know about that. I'm not so sure. But, uh, yeah, what a mess. I mean, listen, it's kind of laughable, too. I don't know if you saw. There was this, this tweet. Uh, it was so funny. It was like uh, two side-by-side tweets of, like, what Carl Anderson said about, you know, uh, never returning to WWE and never returning to Saudi Arabia. And then right next to uh, that, that little screenshot is, is a graphic of him, uh, you know, in that crown. Then another thing he said was, oh, NXT putting out a shit product. Uh, Hunter don't know what he's doing no more or whatever. This is when they were, you know, yep. like the wars or whatever. Yep. And then and then the next graphic is him, uh, <laughs> whoever he was facing on NXT this week. So it's like, listen, like Carl Anderson, like, I don't know, like, great talent, but I'm like, souring on him he's just a freaking fool man he's 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 a hypocrite he don't know what he wants he'll talk his shit he'll be the first one to be the biggest hypocrite in the freaking world i don't even know what's going on doc gallows is okay he's pretty funny but carl anderson is such a freaking like he's such a you're done with him you're done with him you're done with him ryan's done with him i think i've been done with him for quite some time now just because of his stupidity, and, you know the other the other things too. It's not even just like like what he says and stuff like that. But like, um, you know, he, like he cheated on his wife. He like yep. went off on him. Oh yeah. And listen, I ain't gonna dig into anybody's personal life, but like, dude, he just seems like a fucking asshole, bro. He really just seems like an idiot. So yeah, I've completely soured on him. Uh. It's like he's like every time I see him on on Raw, I'm just like I laugh. Like, I can't take this shit serious. Like he. Talk so much crap, bro. I think he thought Tony Khan was going to sign him to yeah, a, a big yep. long-term deal. And then when he was stuck with Impact, and then, you know, Hunter calls him again. He's like, oh, I guess I'll come back. You know, like, so I know they all do it. They all talk their shit and run back. But with him, it was like, it's just laughable to me. I, I don't know. If you haven't learned anything in this episode, Ryan's done with NXT and he's done with Carl <laughs> Yeah. There you go. The two things that come out of this episode. <laughs> uh, so... This um this actually reminded me of something that I didn't have I didn't have in my notes but I'm gonna bring it up now. So Carl Anderson, when it comes to the two, him and Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson is the one that's a little bit more of a hothead. Speaking of hotheads, we got a little bit more insight, which is something that we kind of talked about in the show and we kind of like not predicted but we we guessed it. We were like, listen, I think this is a problem and everything kind of came into reality. So I don't know if you saw this, but. Conan gave a little update on the Ortiz and Santana stuff, and it's kind of the stuff that we talked about. How Santana's more of the hothead of the two. Ortiz is more of a company guy. We're getting paid well. You know, when they give us something, we'll do it. Santana's more of the hothead. They, they're treating us like shit. We're not getting booked. We should be at this, blah, 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 this, this, and that. To the point that, based on what Conan was saying, Kingston kind of had to get involved, and it got almost physical with Santana against Kingston and Ortiz. And back to a couple episodes, back when we first started talking about like the Ortiz and Santana breakup, we kind of predicted everything. We predicted this whole scenario. Yeah. Isn't that pretty funny, huh? We weren't even there. We were predicting the whole entire thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's always got to be that one guy in the tag team that just like sticks out 
you know, it, 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 in a bad way or a good way. And in this case, these two cases, you know, it's, it's both in negative ways, man. Two hotheads, two idiots, two morons that, you know, and, and in Carl Anderson's case, he's not taking down the tag team. He's not like, you know, he's still with Gallows and they're, they're the OC and they're, you know, probably eventually go for the raw tag titles or whatever the case may be. But, like, in terms of Santana Ortiz, like, this is a case where it's like, well, Santana screwed up the LAX tag team and now we we'll probably won't see them again. I'm not going to say ever, but not for the immediate future. And then it leaves Ortiz in limbo. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, a guy like Ortiz, he's kind of like, I don't know, he, he's... He's not going to be a star without Santana, you know. He's not going to be. He's not going to do anything on his own. He's not going to be a good solo act. So it's it's very like, unfortunate. And I'm not saying Santana's wrong for feeling the way he does. Because listen, we we've been on record saying like proud and powerful should have been treated better. They should have been. They, there's no reason why they should have been tag champions, especially coming so hot from Impact. But at the same time, you also got to pick and choose your battles, man. And I think there's could have been ways of handling this differently. And also. You're part of a fucking tag team, Ortiz, and it, to me, just seeing these guys grow up in many ways and come up the way they did, like, you know, when they were EYFBO, and then they got the, the spotlight with LAX and being paired up with Conan or whatever, I saw these guys grow up, and they're a phenomenal tag team, and it's like, fuck, man, don't turn on your partner, your guy, your brother, don't turn on him. Listen, there was other ways of handling this, and unfortunately, it seems like Santana's just too much of a hothead, and they couldn't, you know, handle it the right way. Yeah, I mean, think about everything they've been through together, right? Traveling the roads up and down. And, yep. You know, their families are close and everything. To throw a friendship away, like, for something dumb, it's kind of just like, man, like, I don't really, like, like, was it even special to you to begin with? Like, yep. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, some shit's not worth it. Yep. And, uh, I mean, like I said, we're not in these guys' heads. Like, I don't really know. Like, there could be other things going on, but, like, I don't know, it just seems like on the outside looking in, it's just kind of like, why? We, know, why did this even need to happen? We even talked about it, and, and without going too much detail with some of the comments that we were making, I remember that day when we were talking off air, some of the comments that we were saying, we were kind of popping each other. and But overall, we all agreed, you, myself, and Leo, Santana just seems like a hothead. I met him once or twice. He was a cool dude. Ortiz seems very laid back. You give him something... He'll play ball, company guy. He seems like the type of guy that's willing to work, do business, value his his working environment. Very chill dude. Santana, on the other hand, seems like the hothead. Seems like the guy that could be problematic. Seems like the guy, and listen, this is me just guessing, especially with the information that, we, that we've gotten recently. Like the guy that's not willing to do business. Seems that way, and it seems like that actually is the case, you know. Um, and like I said, that's unfortunate, and I don't really know what the future holds for him, to be honest with you. I mean, if it's not an AEW, it's not a guy I've ever seen WWE scooping up, and you know, if he wants to go back to Impact, well, you know, Impact will take anybody at this point. So, <laughs> hey, we'll see him against Josh Alexander coming up in the next few months, huh? Um, you know, who, who the hell knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's like your wrestling future, too, is up in the air because you're just, you know, you're too. I don't know, you got too big of an ego? Is that the right thing? I don't even know what to say. But. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. I do wish them both the best. Specifically Ortiz, because Ortiz, like I said, he's just he's just trying to get paid, you know, do what he has to do, be a company guy, and unfortunately now we have a great tag team no more. But in one of the weirdest, strangest news in 2022, is GCW and WWE doing business together? 
So, uh, so a new story came out, and apparently now some people are saying that GCW is just working, like the journalists, to convincing them that WWE and GCW are going to do some type of business together. But do you think there's there's something going on here, or you're like, nah, there's nothing going on here? I don't know, man. I'm not really buying too deep into it because I mean, what could actually happen between these two companies, right? Like, what like what would WWE want from GCW? Uh, to make them want to work together, you know, like I, I'm not really, I'm not really sure. Now, in that article, I did read that uh, Brett Lauderdale and Stephanie McMahon are like tight. I got some relationship going on. Team I'm Bestie, about, like, Team I'm Bestie. About, they're like, the, they're oh, the new stuff. Team Bestie. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about friendship rather than a relationship. Right, 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 right. right. Just, you know, people are gonna get all weird. Wait, what? What? Lucha what? Outsider no, said that Stephanie McMahon's having an affair with Brett Lauderdale <laughs> from the GCW. <laughs> Uh, so I don't. I mean, I didn't even know that. I don't even know how that even is a thing. Um, but you know, and and you know, Joey Janela has been tweeting a lot about Raw. And that my guy, stuff. my um, guy, Joey. It's so funny too if you see like he's like just so like it just seems like he's trolling too in every single tweet. And I can't take any of these tweets serious. So that kind of makes me think too like maybe there there's just really nothing there. They're just like overhyping it up to to be something that it's not. But like then it, if they are, what's the point? You know, like, what's GCW trying to gain out of this, you know? Um, but, hey, Bodyslam.com did report it. They, I think they were the ones who reported uh, the CM Punk comeback. They mm-hmm. reported uh, Danielson in, in talks with uh, AEW. So, who knows? There could be some truth to it, but I just don't see what type of business these two companies would run together. I hope they do. I really do. But I don't know. That, that might be the strangest news story of the year. GCW doing business with WWE. <laughs> Oh, dude, I mean, 2022, what, what a freaking year for wrestling, man. Like, I just, I, <laughs> the, the unthinkable, it just seems to always happen. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird, man. That's the best part of business is the best. Yeah, nothing like pro wrestling business. 1,000%. And that is it, dude. I think we covered everything we needed to cover. Yeah, it was a good episode. I feel like uh, this was uh, just very, yeah, hey, I hope everybody enjoyed it. I hope everybody enjoyed my NXT review. <laughs> All right, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right, at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. If you're not following, go ahead and do that. I've been uh, I've been popping myself with tweets lately. There you uh, go. I, there I, you I, go. I have some fun on there because Twitter has just become something that I actually, uh, last week, twice, I deleted the app. Uh, oh. I, I was off of it for two days. Uh, not, not like, yeah, like, I was off of it for, like, Monday. I downloaded it again on Tuesday, and then I was like, oh, this shit sucks, and I deleted it again on Wednesday, and then I re-downloaded it again, uh, you know, out of pure boredom, and, you know, just because, like, I don't know, like, that's my source for, like, news, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, sometimes I just need a break, sometimes you can't handle it, it ruins your enjoyment of wrestling and just things in general, but I figure, you know what, I'm back on it, I'm probably, I'm just gonna keep it at this at this point, I actually did some house cleaning, um, okay. I'm following certain, like, people and certain things and stuff like that. Um, even though things still randomly pop up on the timeline, but just trying to have a little fun with it. So, point being is follow it and uh, just engage and interact because it should just be a fun place. It shouldn't just be, you know, so negative all the time. But, One thousand you know, percent. I think that's asking for too much, especially when it comes to the wrestling community. And let me tell you something: if it uh, wasn't for Lucha Outsiders, guess who would not be on social media? This guy right here. Okay. Yeah, but hey, unfortunately, social media runs the world. And if you want to have a podcast like this, and if you want to engage with people, and and make 
make something of yourself, so unfortunately, social media is the way to go. And that's just the way of the world. All right. You can follow me at RatedArsons87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Somewhat of a spoiler alert. Stay tuned because me and Ryan are working on something for Survivor Series. So maybe you will see us in Boston. Maybe you will not. We will let you know if you guys will see us. And if you do, please don't be a peckerhead. That's all we ask. Don't be annoying. That's all we ask. But that is it. I'm not going to plug where you can find the podcast because if you're listening to this right now, that means you know where to find it. So for the old man Leo that's not here, for our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep it Radar R and stay too sweet. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And good night, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>